Welcome to Awareness to Action, a podcast brought to you by the Northwestern Community Services Board Prevention Department. I'm your host, Casey, a social worker and prevention specialist here in Virginia. Our podcast goal is to promote wellness through conversation, connection, and action. We hope each episode will leave you feeling inspired and motivated to look for ways to get involved in your own community. Hi everyone, welcome back to season two of Awareness to Action. We are so thrilled to be back with you and excited for all of the wonderful guests we have lined up for this season. First up, Susan Betcher. At 61, Susan has spent half of her life in the field of education, with her last eight years spent working for Laurel Ridge Community College as a career coach. Susan is always on the move and always searching for new ways to serve her community. She's involved in organizations including the Page Alliance for Community Action and is currently working on projects including work in a community garden, family movie nights, free swim lessons, fun runs, and healthy youth activities. I first worked with Susan in 2019 and I was stunned by her contagious optimism and willingness to lend a hand. She's a true model of community engagement and care, and I'm excited for you to hear about some of the work she's doing now, her philosophy behind her service, and the hope she has for the future. We recorded this episode during the pandemic, so Susan is joining me via Zoom. Please pardon my echo in the audio. I'm working on it. All right, Susan, welcome to the Awareness to Action podcast. It's so nice to have you here on season two. Thank you. Um, Let's start with you. I want to ask the following because you are one of the most positive individuals I've ever met. And I'd love for you to talk about where that comes from and how it influences your work. Well, I take it as a big compliment there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've moved around the country for my husband's profession because he worked for the Park Service. So I've lived all over the United States. And when you move around, you need to make connections. And I find that being in the community and volunteering in any community is the best way to get to know the area and the people that you're surrounded by. So through volunteerism, I've made lifelong friends, not only for myself, but also for my children. So you can do volunteerism starting at any age. And my positivity comes if you give, you always get back. And the more you give, the more you get back. And so to me, that's my philosophy of life. It doesn't matter how much money we make, but when you die, it's what people say about you that really, really matters. And so that's how I got started is by getting to know the people in my communities because I had to start fresh a whole bunch of times because of my husband's profession. I love that perspective. Um, And you, as you've just said, have done so much over the years in a lot of different realms. I'd love for you to share about what you're doing right now in the community. Right now in the community, I work for a community college. And in the schools, I work at two different high schools. I actually sit down one-on-one with seniors and I say, okay, you're graduating. What are your plans? Some people don't live in a household where their plan has been helped. Like if a parent had gone to college, they assume that their children will go to college, but not everybody comes out of those kind of households. There are some households, their grandmas are raising these children and they need to have somebody say to them, 
what's your next step? You're not going to be a basement boy. No, you, you've got to do something for yourself. So that to me is getting the ball started with some of these young people who really have no clue. So I talked to them about um, AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps is volunteering, but after six months of volunteering, you actually make money to go on for further education. You can make six grand if you do AmeriCorps for six months, and then you're able to put that money towards something that you want to do, whether it be um, a community college or whether it be a trade school or a workforce. There are so many avenues, but lots of kids don't even know any of the avenues. And so I actually enjoy what I do um, talking to kids about what's out there. Mm -hmm. And you also have the military. You've got the ASVAB tests and the ASVAB test tells a child what they're even good at. Some kids have no exposure to what's out there for a career. And you don't have to go to the military to take an ASVAB test, but you have to be between the ages of 16 and 27 to take the ASVAB. So it's a nice long range. It's almost 10 years to give you an idea of what you are good at. And then you've also got, um, You've got workforce solutions, which are located at the community colleges. You've got the Peace Corps, where you go overseas and volunteer. And then you've got church mission trips. And you have, um, with the church missions trips, you have awareness of what is in the real world. So with me, I'm a person who volunteers in the community gardens. And when I'm there, I talk to anybody that's in the garden and say, hey, what else are you doing besides picking weeds here? Okay, it's a good thing because it's a community garden, but um, what what are your goals? What's your potential? Just care about the kids and just talk to them and listen. And you're a really strong advocate that people learn differently and that they take different paths and they need to be invested in in different ways. Can you just speak more about that for our listeners? Well, it all started at my kids. They're totally different learners. You've got one who knew he was going to the military, done deal. And then I have a daughter who we sent to college and she got a degree, but came out without a job. And that's pretty daunting when you have a college debt that has to be paid for. So we said to her, what are you going to do now that you have this degree and they're you don't have a job in that degree. And that's when she um, volunteered. And from the volunteerism, she found her niche in wildland firefighting, which didn't have anything to do with her degree, which was kinesiology. But yet she's making more money in wildland firefighting than she would have in kinesiology unless you got her master's. So you have to talk about different levels of education. You can do a two-year associates, you can do the four-year, you can do the six, you can do the eight. But financially, does it make sense to do the different degrees? So for those of us who are you know, working with people in our careers, which many, most of us are, I would say, how can we incorporate that idea that people learn differently and work differently into our work, because we're not all having the opportunity to invest in, you know, people who are considering their next step. Some of us are, you know, working with people who are settled into their careers, but still learn and work differently from ourselves. 
with me, I'm not going any further in education. Okay. I'm 60. So I'm at the end. And the only thing I'm doing is giving back. So like I said, what I do is um, I give back with community service to tell kids about community service. Let's say a young person doesn't know what they want to do. I say, all right, then you need to go spend two hours at our local page one. Page one is where they take in donations of food and donations of clothing, and they sell them to make some money so they can help pay for people's rents or help pay for electric bills. You know, kids don't even know what bills are, okay? And this way, they actually get to meet people who are down and out, who really have turned to these um, social be social benefits to um, just make ends meet. And it's an eye-opening experience for kids. So what we're doing now in the schools, which I'm really kind of excited about, is starting this year, we are making kids do volunteer community service hours. Five hours they have to do as a freshman, 10 as a sophomore, 15 as a junior, and 20 at least as a senior. This way, it gives the kids exposure at the animal shelter. They can do it anywhere, but it has to be a nonprofit. That's the key. So we in the school system that I'm in are really excited to implement this program. It's going to be the first time it's ever been implemented. So stay tuned. You're going to see kids doing things that they've never done before and at different ages. And it's really a good eye-opening experience because a freshman then can explore what he liked about it and what he didn't like about it. Because in the past, it's only been seniors that had to do community service hours. Well, now it's all ages, starting the ninth grade year. That is really exciting. It's I love that new. idea. It's brand new. It just got implemented. And we're going to roll it out this August. Wow. How exciting that you get to be part of, of making that happen for these young people. I am so for this idea. <laughs> I hope it is. Um, I hope it's a something that catches on throughout the United States, because really, it all comes down to giving back. And why not start at the ninth grade level? In fact, even roll it down to the middle school level. Why not? But the kids actually have to go and they have to have their papers signed by a person that supervises them. And it can even be as simple as at an event, like we've got one coming up and it's called the Sunflower Festival. They can even be at the information booth giving out information. That can be community service hours. That's how simple it can be. Or they can go to the art warehouse and actually work with an artist in training who is doing art for volunteerism, like selling the product to um, give the money back to the community. Like I said, it all has to be nonprofit. That's awesome. And I think, it, you know, helping to instill a value of service at the same time, allowing someone to explore a potential interest or a potential um, path they want to go down for their career. That seems like a really special blending of, of two things. And that's exactly what it is. And like I said, stay tuned because it's going to be the first rollout year and I'm pretty pumped about it. So one thing that you do in the community, which I feel relates to what we're talking about is sticker shock. And I want you to tell our listeners about sticker shock because I think it's really cool. 
All right. Sticker Shack is a program where young kids under the age of 21 go into an alcohol store like an ABC store or like a gas station, and we put stickers on the products of alcohol that says, if you are under the age of 21 and buy this product, you can be fined $2,500 or put in jail. It is a shocking sticker and it's got a big shock sign on it and it's to warn people about underage drinking and how serious it is. So it's a warning to parents if they're buying alcohol to host a party, they could be in a lot of a lot of um a lot of trouble. Okay? I mean, we're talking courts. We're talking being sued. We're talking jail time. We're talking some serious stuff. So the stickers the kids love going in with me. I have to get their parents' permission, of course, and I get it. And it says, can I take your child's picture next to alcohol so we know what they're doing? And with their parents' permission, I take them in and we put all these stickers on. We go into the coolers. We put them on um, all the six packs. We put them behind the six packs. So it's good for about six months. So when people pick out a six pack, the one behind it's got the sticker shock on it also. So it takes us some time, but it's really time well spent and the kids love it. They just love going in there because they think they're all growing up. But now here's the other thing. Then after we put the stickers on, we talk to the people that are doing the cash registers and we say, now, do you check IDs under the age of 20? And everyone says yes, because it does say you must be 21 to buy alcohol. Then we come back with an unannounced time and we bring kids who are actually under the age of 21 and we give them money and we tell them to go in and try and buy alcohol. And so they will go in and try and buy alcohol and we'll see if the store is in compliance and really check IDs because you're supposed to check an ID up to the age of about 40. So we actually see if the different venues that we've put the sticker shocks on are living up to what they say they're doing. And so it's a really good program. It's really an accountability tool for the stores, but then also I imagine that having the investment and involvement of the young people really enhances the initiative. It totally enhances it because the kids that go in to buy the alcohol, they're given a little bit of money for compensation for their time. We actually give them either a gift card or give them a couple of dollars um, to say thank you for your time because it does take time. This isn't they don't have to volunteer to do that, but we do compensate them with a little bit of, with a token of some kind. And they love it because it gives them a chance to see what really goes out there in the real world. Because when they're asked to show their ID and they don't have it, it uh, shocks them too. It's like, oh my gosh, I really can't buy this stuff, can I? And so it's pretty exciting. And then um, to honor the people that we've done this for, and they respect it, and they do what they're supposed to be doing, they get their name in the paper and said, these stores have been in compliance with the underage um, carding. So it's good advertisement for them. Yeah. But they have to actually train the people that they hire on who to look for and how to look at an ID and read the date of birth. 
So everybody's involved. <laughs> the young people are involved. Yeah. The, the store owners and employees are involved. That's cool. Yeah, it's definitely a community event. And it's uh, that that section is done by the local sheriff's department. So we um, we have a committee and it's called Pack a Page Alliance for Community Action. And we're all in a group together. And there's about 25 of us that meet once a month. And we talk about um, our community because we really do care about our community. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of communities are like us but I'm really proud of our community for being so proactive. That is a good word to describe Page County is proactive, always, always engaged. And um, yeah. So you are a woman who wears many hats in that community. You are always involved in some kind of initiative, always saying yes. Um, But I'm sure you're not truly always saying yes. So I want to know, what kind of discernment process you use when deciding how to serve or whether to say yes to an opportunity. Cause I think that can be a hard thing to do when you're really desiring to make a difference to know when to say yes and when to say no. Well, I am a passionate person. Okay. I, I am a passionate person and um, I usually say yes <laughs> because I always feel like it opens up doors And you could always try something. And if you don't like it, that's when you can back away from it. But if you don't try, you'll never know. And I guess I just don't want to say, well, I don't know. No, I don't. I want to say I enjoyed uh, my work with doing something and I like to meet new people. And that's the only way you're going to get to know lots of different backgrounds. Like right now I'm working on the community garden. And that is volunteering our time to pick weeds or to plant um, or to weed out. And it's so much fun. I have met so many neat people like uh, master gardeners. They are very interesting and they've got a wealth of knowledge and I'm getting something out of that. Not only am I producing some really good plants and products for our local community who need it and that once it's picked, we take it to our page one and give it away at the food bank, but I'm also learning on plants, like what's seasonal, when to plant things. And so if I wanted to have my own personal garden, I feel like I could be an expert at it. And it's like, you wouldn't get that if you didn't have the experience of working with a master gardener. And it's not costing me anything other than my time. So I feel really lucky to say yes to most things. And um, I'll say yes, but then if I don't want to continue, I'll just say I'm busy. Okay, so it is it is a yes most of the time. <laughs> yes. That's awesome that you're so willing and ready to try something new and put yourself out of your comfort zone. How do you balance all of it though? Because you have so many things going on in the community and you, it seems like from the outside that you give your time, that you steward your time really well in giving, in giving it to the community. The time I give to my community is something that I'm proud to give because I've raised both my children. They're out of the nest and they are far away. Okay, one's overseas and the other one is um, doing the AT, Appalachian Trail. So she's up in New Hampshire, getting to Katahdin. And I have got the time. 
Okay. So everybody has 24 hours in a day. And it's up to you what you do with your 24 hours. If you sit and read books and you're content with that, more power to you. I think that's great. But I'm not one to sit very much. I really like to go. I guess my middle name should be go. I like to, I like to go. All right. And um, my mom always told me, she said, you, you're never going to make um, uh, a clean house just doesn't matter. So something does have to give in your life. So if you come to my house, you'll find it very lived in. Okay. And with me, I'm very content with that because I'm the only one that really cares about it. And it's not like I invite people. I don't have people in my house. When I volunteer, I'm always out there in the community. So just remember your house is like your house. And if you want it to be, uh, what it is, then be what it is. But uh, you're not going to make friends clean in your house. Okay. Let's just say that. Oh, that's great, Susan. <laughs> I can get a little bit, uh, a little hardcore about the cleanliness of my home. So I appreciate that reminder. <laughs> um, Susan, what advice would you give to people who want to be involved in their communities, but aren't really sure where to start? Well, find out what you have a passion for. If you have a passion for sewing, if you have a skill that you would like to do something for somebody, they have choices. Choices is a domestic violence place that you could make something to put into the different um, little apartments that they have. Or if you like to babysit, they ask for people to come in and babysit. Uh, you have to have clearance and everything, but once you have the clearance, you're able to watch the kids. So the parent, the mother from Choices can go and get some training for education so she can better her family or to um, go through some, you know, domestic uh, uh, classes to hone her skills to be a, a better parent. There's uh, lots of things, but you have to find your passion. And if you don't know what your passion is, that's when you should get your feet wet and go and go to different organizations. Uh, there's a lot out there, but you do have to hunt them down. Okay. And during COVID, there's a lot of time that you can spend on the internet, finding out what's in your community. But with the internet, the world is at your hands. There is no excuse not to find out what your passion is. And there's also programs like uh, Virginia Wizard. That's a free program for anybody that lives in Virginia. You go and you, do, you take this little assessment and it says, hey, you're really good with your hands. And here's some suggestions what you should be doing. So there are assessments out there that you can take on the computer to find out if you're a people person, if you like to work with people, if you don't like to work with people, but if you're good with math skills, uh, computer skills, it will actually tell you what you are good at. So take out a little assessment and find out what kind of person you are. I appreciate you saying that because I really believe that there are opportunities for every single person to be engaged with the community and I, I believe that and still I'm surprised when I find out about opportunities to serve that seem so 
narrow or so like so specific to a very particular interest, but they're there. Like there truly is something for everyone and it's really exciting and it just takes a little bit of digging. And if you're a person who doesn't really want to be around people, animal shelters are such a blessing and they need people to just go in and read a book to an animal and they take any volunteers at any time. They also need fosters. Would you be willing to take in an animal that just can't be at an animal shelter because it's got so many um, things happening to it and it just needs the love of a family? So if you don't even want to be with human beings, you can do foster with animals. So that to me is a blessing to know that there's something out there. There is something out there for everybody. I have a coworker. Um, we both work with people all day long. And she told me recently that she was really wanting to do service work in the community, but knew that she couldn't, you know, spend eight hours talking to people and then on the weekends or weeknights go and talk to more people. So she started doing park cleanup and now she loves it. And it's a great part of her life. And it's a great way to give back to our community. That's really different from our work. And I loved that she got creative with that. I love that she got created with that too, because when COVID happened, going up to the national park, they shut it down, but I walked the skyline and picked up garbage just because I needed to be outside, outdoors, and it just felt good. And there was no, there was nothing to it other than it was my time, but I felt like I was giving back to the community, picking up garbage. And I'm sad to see I had to do that, but it's a reality. People litter and it drives me nuts, <laughs> but it is a reality and it does look so good. It's, re it's rewarding to pick up and look behind and say, wow, that looks beautiful. It's like leave no trace. You care about it. So you're fixing it. Yeah. 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 And if everybody did their part, if everybody just found something and gave back, it would be a beautiful world. Okay. So I'm trying to make it that way and we all have to live here. So come on, we're all in this together. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you said that because I feel like your work that you do is focused on in, in all of the areas that you work in is focused on addressing current needs to make a better future. And I think that that is just inherently very hopeful. And I just wanna know what you feel hopeful about right now, Susan. The world is, it's all over the place. And I wanna hear what you're hopeful about. In this day and age, with all of the you know, overdoses and with all the drug use and with the legalization of marijuana, I'm hopeful that young people will make wise choices. And that's one of the reasons I work with young kids in the high school to make wise choices, as simple as even wearing a safety belt. The lives it saves is phenomenal. So what we do is we um, put little signs in the kids' bathrooms. It's called toilet talks. And we give them little blurbs like 90% of the kids that are in a car accident are saved because they wear a safety belt. You know, 
give them statistics, give them something to think about. The other thing I'm hopeful about is, you know, there is a lot of depression now because of kids not being able to hug and, you know, carry on like we have in the past. And there, there are people who want to help. Okay. And so in the, all the stalls in the bathrooms, we also have um, 1-800 hotline numbers, you know, and they're open 24 hours a day. So there is help out there if you are struggling with anything. So I'm pretty pumped about knowing that a pack of the group I'm in wants to make it known that there is help. There is help out there, but some people don't know where to turn. But thank goodness we have this modern age of computers and cell phones and internet access and people who care, genuinely really care. If you go to somebody like Northwestern Community Services, they're going to help you, but you got to you got to reach out too. Those are good things to be hopeful about. Yeah. So that's what I'm help I'm hopeful about our young people, this next generation is going to be taking over. And I hope that they realize what a wonderful life it can be. That's beautiful, Susan. And hopefully, you know, if, if young people now receive help and support, then they'll look for ways to offer that to young people when they're no longer so young. And I think that's hopeful too. It's a generational thing, okay? Um, some kids grow up in different households than the household that I grew up in. And I've tried to adapt knowing what they have to go through to get what I got with having a mom and a dad in the house. You know, 60% of the kids don't have a mom and dad in the house. And I gave free swim lessons this summer and I saw that most grandparents are even raising their kids. It's a, it's a different world out there, but there's people out there who generally care. And you're one of them. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you get to, there are, I know there are lots of young people in Page County who know that, and that's a special thing. Well, I enjoy being out in the community and they say, hi, Mrs. Betcher. And I'm like, oh, you're one of mine. And I take them all under my wing. That's a good way to be. We've talked before on the podcast about the concept of community parenting and, you know, how can you care for kids that aren't yours, but care for them simply because they're kids who exist and, and deserve love and support. And it's special to see people doing that, offering that. Well, Casey, it takes a village. It takes a village. We've heard it before, but it is a fact. Absolutely. So I want to finish this conversation, Susan, with the question we ask everyone, which is what does the process of awareness to action mean to you? Okay, awareness act to action means don't be all talk and no do. And I mean it because you can talk big, but if you don't actually put your words into action, you're not going anywhere. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your joy and your hopefulness. I find it really encouraging to hear you talk and to just to hear about what you're doing to, to use your time wisely and well in your community. It's exciting. So thanks for being here. Well, Casey, thank you. And you are the future. Oh, 
Well, thank you. What a happy note to end on. <laughs> I'm handing it off like a baton. <laughs> I welcome that. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Susan for being our first guest of season two. Make sure you subscribe to Awareness to Action so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. 